in your I think mind. I'm the best. I think I'm the best defender to ever play this game in NBA. Do you? My 100. That's my opinion. Yeah, that that is your opinion, Draymond, and I don't know how many people will be agreeing with you on that. I certainly don't. But before I get more into that, I want to introduce my trusty co-host, Maxi Pad. Max, how are you doing today? How was your birthday? Happy belated. Man, thank you. Never heard that nickname before. Great, thanks. Happy to be here. Alright, dude, you wanna like sound a little more excited? And I also want to introduce, hopefully the introduction is a lot better than that one. Tommy, how are you? How have you been? Hey, I, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Happy to be back. Happy belated, Max. Uh, ready to talk some sports. Yeah, no, uh, definitely glad that you are back. You are one of the better guests, and hopefully you can provide some life into the show because Max obviously is already given up. But anyway, we have a lot to talk about. Tommy, our Giants have been very active in NFL free agency. I want to hear your thoughts about that later in the show. We'll also touch upon other moves around the league. We have some NBA to discuss. LeBron James expected to miss an extended amount of time due to an injury. We'll talk about how that affects the Lakers moving forward. We'll also talk about some names with the trade deadline tomorrow. We're recording the show Wednesday night tomorrow. March 25th is the trade deadline for the NBA. We'll talk about some names like Oladipo, Aaron Gordon, and other guys. We'll talk about March Madness, give an update on our brackets and Max's sister's bracket because Max decided not to do a bracket this year. Again, weird move, very weird move. But first, let's kick it off with our list of the week. And if you didn't put two and two together, Draymond Green inspired us for this list of the week, we are counting down our top three NBA defenders to ever play the game. And Tommy, since you are the guest, I will let you go first. Yeah, so uh, mine was more like stuff I've seen, not so much the whole NBA, but like guys, not even though I haven't seen this guy play, but just going back and watching tape. But number three for me is uh, Dennis Rodman. The energy, the way he like, it kind of jacked himself up rebounding and playing defense got him more like in the game. And I think that's kind of a big part of what it takes to actually be a good defender is wanting to be out there and stopping the best. Okay. I like that name. I like that player. Um, I expect him to be mentioned later in this countdown, but Max, what about you? You know, I, um, I actually took this pretty serious. I actually looked at this uh, when he sent to me this morning. I actually left my work classroom. I went to the bathroom just to look at this. I don't know why I was in the mood today. Uh, number well, three, I can uh, tell you're in the mood right now. Uh, it's an NBA trade deadline. Victor, I'm on eggshells. A little nervous. Okay, go. Number three. <laughs> number three, I'm going with the big ticket. Kevin Garnett, baby. All right. All right. You want to tell us why, Max? Uh, was one of the first big men in this era that was seven that was a seven footer that could guard one through five and could anchor a defense he could guard anybody on the floor and uh, in phase nba you know a lot of guys his size can kind of do that not at his level but can too at times so he was definitely ahead of his time all right max that's another good name i when i was doing some research he also uh popped into my head so i like that one but number three on my list and i think you are gonna hate this right but I went back to a time when the NBA was tough. It's not like Max Marshall ball. It's not soft where everyone 
you know, you breathe on the opponent and it's a foul, right? Where James Harden and Steph Curry are benefits of the league, right? Number three on my list is the man that originally took down Jordan and it's Bill Lambeer. Just because I loved his tough nose, I don't give a shit type attitude, he went out there and he would send a message. Now, yes, he is regarded as one of the dirtiest players to ever play. But if I was coaching the league and I had a player like Bill Lambeer, listen, I don't want anyone to get hurt, right? I have to say that so that I don't come off as an asshole. But I would make him the enforcer. You know how they have enforcers in hockey? I would make Lambeer the enforcer on, on my team. And that's what he was with the Bad Boys Pistons. Uh, Bad Boy Pistons. He sent a message. He provided that attitude. And in today's game, yes, he'd probably be thrown out. But I would tell him to go out there and elbow Curry if he drives to the back the basket. I would make Harden earn a foul every time he tried some of his... Antics. Is that defense though, or is that just? I think that that's really defense. defense. I think that's defense. I mean, there's a there's a difference between yeah, you're gonna follow a guy hard going going through the lane. Okay, respect that you sent yeah. a message, but I want to call that defense. Well, I, well defense is just stopping, no I'm sending him to the line to shoot too. No, no, no. But but for the rest for the rest of the game, he's gonna think about he's gonna think twice before. So really, yes, in the short term, yeah, you might be hurting your team. Well. No, so Bill Lambeer, number three on my list. Tommy, number two for you. I mean, you can you can have a rebuttal if you'd like. It, it just you know, I forgot it was. No, no, that was my rebuttal. That was that was my okay. question. No, I. Uh, my number two is actually Max's number three, uh, Kevin Garnett. All right, I like that one. Just yeah, just pretty much everything Max said. Being able to do kind of whatever, and then yeah, he kind of, he took my whole thunder. So I'm just gonna go number two, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. <laughs> All right, um, Max, who's your number two? Uh, number two for me is uh, Tim Duncan. He was on the all-defensive team 15 times in his uh, career. San Antonio, I believe, out of the 20 years he's played, only once they weren't in top 10 for, def- uh, for defensive rating. And, uh, yeah, he was just anchor for those Spurs teams for all those years. And he was just a very good uh, positional defender and uh, post-defender one-on-one defender he was just really underrated defender for some reason because when you think of tim duncan you don't really think of defense uh but yeah he was he's amazing defensively okay uh number two on my list i i really like that one max also i mean one of the more humble superstars ever play in the game too but actually max let me ask you this right just real quick tim duncan or kobe bryant Better player? Yeah. Uh, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going with Duncan. Okay. All right. I respect that. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. No, I have no problem. I uh. I, I feel like that debate comes up a lot, though. Like, yeah, that's why I asked. Like they played side by side. Yeah, that's a that's a it's a tough question. I think I, I that. Would, I mean, I know Victor asked me about best player, but if I want to start a franchise with Kobe or Duncan, I mean, I don't think it's really close. Honestly, I think it's Duncan. But look. No, his teams were, uh, I mean, both teams were stacked for, you know, all those early 2000 years. But when Kobe was the best player on his team, they got swept in the first round and then make the playoffs one year. Yeah, yeah. I I just, I, I don't know. I feel like. I hate to be that guy, but, you know, that happened. No, yeah, that's fine. It, nothing wrong with that. I was just, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts 
we just think of Kobe Bryant, but uh, Duncan, I don't know. I know that's a tough question. It, it, it never like never disliked him. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh that's a toss up for me. But all right, uh, good one, Max, and good answer. Number two on my list was already named Dennis Rodman, the Hall of Famer, two time All Star, five time. NBA champ. He was also on the Bad Boys and with the Chicago Bulls. Eight-time, eight-time all-defensive player, two-time all-NBA, two-time defensive player of the year. I'm going with Dennis Rodman at number two. The Worm, another great nickname, and I think that he did the intangibles for that Bulls team. I think that Draymond is the Rodman of the Warrior Championship teams, but Rodman was something special and one of the more selfless players to ever play the game. And Tommy, coming in at number number one on your list. I mean, I don't know if I'd call this guy. Like I said, this is more just like a personal, like guys like I watch or like to watch. All right, it's your list. You can just give it. I know, but well, because you said greatest of all time, so like you know, I don't yeah, know if, uh, yeah, that's, that's a right. Line to walk. That's all right. Number number one, number one is Tony Allen. You know, just just the the praise that this guy got from Kobe to where Kobe, you, everyone knows like Kobe's like the game, like oh, I'm gonna go at everybody or anything. But he said whenever he saw like oh, I'm gonna be playing against those Mavs or wherever Tony Allen was at the time, Boston. He knew, like, oh man, I'm gonna have to actually, I'm gonna have to work this game. Like, no matter what, I know Tony's gonna be guarding me, and it's every bucket I get is gonna be earned. And if you get that kind of praise from Kobe Bryant, then that, that puts you at the top of the list in my book. Max, number one for you. I'm not really proud to admit this one, especially all the boys from Southie, Bill Simmons, Bob Ryan, the whole crew, uh, but it's gotta be Bill Russell. Yeah, that's who. Uh, that, that's... I, I, I got really nerdy with you, Victor. I looked on plus minus defensive shares on my lunch break. Oh, my God. And uh, out of his 13-year career, he would have won defense player of the year 11 times. They did the stats that we had back then. I mean, I know he's playing six foot eight white plumbers, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is. that's also why he comes in at number one on my list, too. I just... <laughs> Just a dominant force down low. And obviously, obviously, Max, like you said, he didn't have the height difference. But still, I mean, it's not his fault for being genetically gifted. But, um, Tommy, to go back to your point, actually, Tony Allen, right, went after Draymond Green, basically saying to him, who... who, Yeah, on Twitter, I saw that. Who crowned you. That was another reason he kind of got a quote. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was great. Now, I just want to ask you, I mean, we just did the list. Do you think that Draymond has a an argument even, or do you think that he's just full of himself? I mean, m- maybe at the end of his career, you can look back and be like, all right, you know, Draymond, yeah, he, he played on such a stacked team. He kind of got overshadowed. Like, maybe he was a better defender than, like, people give him credit for. But calling your, claiming yourself the best defender to ever play the game, like, seriously, if, him at versus Tim Duncan, like, I think Tim Duncan's beating him. If he went up against, like, Shaq in that era of basketball, where he would have, if he had to play the four, he's getting eaten alive in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. Like, there's no shot I could see Draymond playing in that time. But also, you can't hold error against the guy because it's not his fault. He wasn't there. So, 
I think when we look back at it, because I think Draymond's one of the most annoying players in all sports, just just his whole everything. But so maybe I'm a little biased. But after his career's over, maybe we go back and look at it. Maybe maybe he'll get more respect. But right now, no, I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he has any room in that conversation. Max, what do you think? Oh, I think he'll go down as one of our and this past generation's better defenders. But um, I, he, I just I don't know. He's just him being on this Golden State team. If he never got drafted by Golden State, and like what people forget when Mark Jackson had them, that he didn't really play. He was playing like the three. Like you know, he was good as a small ball five, playing four. Uh, you know, Steve Kerr never got there, and David Lee didn't get injured. I don't think he'd really be in the NBA, to be honest with you, because he can't really jump high, can't shoot. He's got quick hands for his size, but he's still like six foot six, maybe on a good day, six seven. They list him as, but he's just—I don't know—he's just annoying. Like Tommy said, yeah, he's a really when in his prime, he was a really good defender. Like he gave LeBron trouble, he gave a lot of guys trouble, but he, it's just—I I don't know—he's just—he's just annoying. Do you think he's who's a better overall defender, him or Kawhi? Oh, Kawhi. Yeah, like it's okay. So I'm actually gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate because I, I first off I don't think right now you can say that he's the best player. I think that he's full of himself, right? But here here's a couple of reasons why. First off, I kind of like him. I've liked him throughout his career because I feel like he's that annoying player that can get under your skin, and I think that does play to your advantage when you're playing opponents, definitely weak-minded opponents. But the only thing I ever had the problem with Draymond was, do you remember when he went on that little streak of kicking players in the balls? Oh, yeah. He got suspended. Yeah, yes. Yes, yes. I That was that was the couple of instances where I was like, all right, Draymond, like you're crossing a line, right? Like, Again, I'm all for hard fouls and everything, but I feel like going after another man's junk when they're definitely not expecting it is a little bit of a cheap shot. Definitely a cheap shot, actually. But here are a couple of reasons why I think Draymond. First off, he has won Defensive Player of the Award. He has won, he has been part of the five-time All-NBA defensive team, right? So he has some, uh, some accomplishments on his resume, but... I think another reason why Draymond should get a little more credit is because of how soft the game has become, how offensive-minded, how offensive-heavy the league has become, where really they make it easier for the teams on offense, where they where they have made it so easy to draw a foul and everything like that. So that's why I feel like Draymond could get a little, like again I, I'm not I agree with you Tommy that you can't hold ears against players but I would almost argue that to play defense is tougher in this era than it was in in decades past but but I do agree with you guys going up against a Shaq going up against a Duncan going up against I mean even prior to those guys Ewing, Lajuan, like he would be dominated. He really would be. Now, I, I, I also wish that he would be considered one of the better defensive players of all times because it would only help my argument more that he was more valuable to those Warrior teams than Steph Curry. But I do not think that he's the best 
defensive player to ever play the game. Well, you know, the other thing too is that in today's NBA, where he's like a small ball five. You know, if you if you play early two thousands, he's not being a small ball five. He's probably a three or four man. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm like, I don't know if he would. I don't think he could keep up in their two thousands games. But yeah, he could be. He could play. Obviously, not that dumb. But he he made his money guarding like fives, guarding people like Bron that are fours and threes are quicker. And it's just I I don't like. I, I remember when Golden State was seventy two and whatever the hell seventy three whatever. When some little kid, probably in Pampers, put on Twitter, Draymond would shut down Shaq. I, that's when I'm like, you know what? I, I, I've i seen enough today. Yeah, yeah. Tell me you're 13 with that. Oh, tell me you're 13, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, I agree with you. So, and, and again, another thing, and then we can move on, is it's never a good thing when you're the first to say something about yourself. I feel like, especially when it's that high yeah. of remarks. Like I couldn't tell you a, a former, past, present player, current player that has said the same about Draymond Green. Like I, I like this is the first I'm ever hearing about Draymond and best to ever do it on the defense side of the ball, and it comes from Draymond Green. So not really a good look, in my opinion. And can I say one more thing too? About yeah, of course. Thing and then we can. Yeah. Uh, I, I've noticed this year in the past few years is that I've I've noticed him on the mic and making comments like this and going on podcasts and his actual play for the past few years because he's been terrible the past few years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, honestly, and, and it's getting to the point now where you, when you see somebody talking this much and on the on the court, they're really not putting up what they used to. That's the only thing with me. It's like it's kind of annoying now. When when you're good and they're winning games, and you know he was doing his thing, that it's like you know he's got to shut up and you know accept it. Now it's like you haven't really been good in two years, and you're still talking. Yeah, Tommy, that, did you want? My thing. Did you want to jump in, Tommy? No, I was actually I was going to say the same exact thing. Like I've noticed that more, but also for the most part, though, I feel like when I've seen him on the mic, it's more like towards like league issues or like like more like supportive stuff like this is the first time i feel like i've personally noticed him being like crowning himself or like hyping up his own team because like you said they've kind of been pretty bad the last two years that's a good point uh, tommy because i i do remember Draymond in the past saying i forget what the question was or how it got brought up but he was like why is it that organizations and teams can treat players certain ways but when it's reversed the player is viewed as a prima donna or a diva and yeah stuff like that yeah and and yeah, see uh i'm not i don't know no what max what i i, I just I, I thought when he said that i mean i just thought that i mean look at lamar Chargers. he basically just said that now that i'm on the bench i'm not playing anymore so spurs goes okay well we'll look at a buyer for you I, I i didn't see him go on the mic and complain about that now did he mm-hmm no, but I think he. I mean, look, at, look at Victor Oladipo. He basically said, "Yeah, I don't really feel like playing that week." Yeah, but I think that he mentioned it without actually mentioning it. He was like, "Why is it one way and not the other?" Like, I I don't think that he's saying that that's wrong. I just think that both sides should be fairly treated. Like, no, if, no, he's right. But I just thought the way he presented itself was I don't know. I didn't think that was. I don't think he. He kind of met what he not met what he was saying because he's just I'm not trying to say that when he's talking about obviously, but I, I felt like his words could be a little bit different because you think Andre Drummond actually is upset that he's not playing for the Cavaliers 
when they're one of the worst teams in the league and he's going to the Lakers after he gets bought out. Yeah, no, I I, I agree and still with getting that. Paychecks too. I agree with that, right? But I just think that there's like obviously there are situations like that, but I think that he's talking about big picture other examples where players have been upset because they haven't been playing or upset because they don't want to be traded type of thing like yes Andre Drummond do I think that he's benefiting from all this from not playing yes do I think Blake Griffin benefited from not playing with the Pistons yes and you could see that when he returned to court for the Nets I mean he had the most spring in his step that he's had in the last two years you could argue so I, I I agree I agree that there are circumstances where it helps players in the long run. I just think that he's talking about the instances where they're treated unfairly or they're being they're be, basically being manhandled or controlled by the organization. Oh no, I get what you're saying. I just thought that first thing the Drummond one was the wrong one to try to go at because Drummond didn't want to play for the Cavs anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And just real quick, I got to give credit where credit's due. Draymond Green said this on Dub's Talk podcast. It's a Golden State Warriors podcast. Probably got started. Uh, when was their first championship? Probably got started in 2015. So, yeah. Uh, but Draymond Green with his thoughts and his opinion on who's the greatest NBA defense player. You've heard ours. Let us know if you disagree on Twitter at Old School Sport or on, you know, slide into my DMs. I'm, uh, I'm public at, Vic- at Victor J. Pusteri. Let me know who your top defenders are. But let's move on. And we are still in March. And that means March Madness has been underway. And before we get into some of the craziness, Max, how is your sister's bracket doing? Uh, last time I talked to her was yesterday, and she said that it's not as bad as uh, she thought it was. Okay. So has Gonzaga in there, Michigan, Loyola, I think, guys. Wow. And Sister Jean. Okay. And uh, I think there's two more schools that still advance, but the rest, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone's bracket been good this year. Yeah, no, mine's been awful. Tommy, how are yours doing? I'll say it as soon as Illinois lost, you know, but no, no, it is, is every year I, I try to get my hopes on like, Oh, you know, maybe this is the year the bracket doesn't ha- or doesn't bust. But like the last couple years I was like, whatever, I'll just do it for fun. And last year with COVID, I kind of like forgot that mindset. And this year, like I was all in, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to fill out a couple, you know, just make a couple changes here. And it, it all fell apart within two days, but you know, it was fun. It was a good little donation to whatever pool I played in. Happy to be there. Yes, and I don't know if I mentioned this already, but I did also invite Tommy to join my bracket group, but he was already in three or four, and that's respectable. I understand that, Tommy. No problem. You can only lose so much money. Max, again, still weird that you decided to sit out, but whatever. And Max, I'm also glad that you did update your sister because if you came on the show and said, "Uh, I don't know, I haven't asked her. I was going to message her during the show and ask how uh, her bracket was doing. So you're I lucky. Mean, that's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. I can tell you didn't like that one. All right. Yeah. So my bracket is absolutely shot. I mean, I still have my winner in, in Michigan, but I had Ohio State. They lost to Oral Roberts. I had Oklahoma State. And they got killed by Oregon State. And then Virginia, Virginia, can I just say, is 
such a weird school because was it three years ago because of COVID? They were also a fourth seed. I had them going to the championship. I had them actually winning the whole oh no, they they were the first number one seed to ever lose the sixteenth seed. I'm sorry. Had them winning it all, lost in the first round, first team to lose to a sixteenth seed. Then didn't pick them the following year. They won it all, right? Obviously last year COVID uh there was no March Madness. And then this year I had them going to the final four. And they screwed it up for me again. They lost to who they lose to in the first round. They Ohio. lost to Ohio. So they just, I'm never picking Virginia again. And of course, when I don't, I they'll win it. Too. Yep. Yeah. So this is just BS. I also, another thing I really didn't like about this March Madness, and I understand it's a weird COVID year. They're doing their best. But did you guys see that Oregon got the win and was able to move on because a couple members of VCU came back positive. So they just decided no contest and Oregon just automatically advanced. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, I thought I that... I did not know that. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was very weird. Like it was, uh, it was like the Saturday night game too. I think it was one of like the last games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand wow. it because, okay, if two guys tested positive, correct... Why can they not just play with the other ten guys? Like, like I understand contract tracing and all that, but if they come back negative, I don't understand why those ten guys can't play. Which it's the same thing too. Like Georgia Tech was allowed to play, and their leading score tested positive after the ACC championship game. See, that's just uh, that doesn't make uh, again. The only I'm thing I'm pretty sure that was a timeout. I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure he played the ACC championship game. Tested positive and then was going to be out for at least the first two games, I think. That's, see, I, yeah, I don't understand it. Maybe it was the timing of the positive test. Loyola does it again. They are in the uh, Elite Eight. And, oh, I'm sorry, Sweet 16. After their upset over Illinois, Sister Jean, very happy. And, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I just I knew this was a weird college basketball season to begin with. I was hoping it was going to get a little less weird in March, but it's only gotten weirder, honestly. And I, I don't know the rest of the tournament. I'm I'm hoping that I somehow come away with a victory just because my winner is still in. Other teams, you know, I got to root for Loyola because they're the under, underdogs, or Roberts still being in. The tournament as a 15th seed, it's hard not to root for them. Oregon State at number 12, they're going up against Loyola. And then Syracuse. Syracuse somehow, uh, if they make the tournament, they're like a lock for at least a Sweet 16 with Bayheim in that zone. But I, I want to hear what you guys think, Tommy. What I, I mean, it's kind of tough once your bracket is done to stay intrigued with this tournament. But what do you think? Um, I mean... Honestly, I mean, everyone's talking about it, so it's kind of obvious, but, like, one of the biggest things is how disappointing the Big Ten was. You got the most bids out of any school, and you only got, <clears throat> excuse me, one team going to the Sweet 16. And honestly, like, yeah, that that's the one, uh, they were the one seed, but I didn't, honestly didn't think, I don't have Michigan going further after this weekend because of, they got their leading score, the lottery pick kid who got hurt. Yeah. Oh, I forget his name. But uh, what they've done is kind of brutal, but on the flip side, like, the team's like, that I'm happy with, like, Oregon State, if, if they didn't win the Pac-12, you can make a case that they wouldn't have even made the tournament. But 
they won their conference and they made it to the Sweet 16. You know, when you're hot, you're hot, and they're just going to keep rolling. It's pretty impressive what they've been able to do. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And again, it almost validates Oregon State too. Like, like you said, I mean, a lot of people were saying that Pac-12 was a weak conference against the Big Ten most competitive. And look, they have the same amount of teams in the lead eight. And I, I don't know. I just, I just think that anything can happen at this point. I'm rooting for Michigan to uh, pull it out, but again, at this point. Most of my bracket is done. I'm just rooting for upsets. Max, what about you? <laughs> You're really going to ask me what I think? I don't know. College basketball sucks. I know. <laughs> Wait, can, can I just say, can I just say, though, I mean, I'm a bigger football fan, but it is nuts to me how much more parity there is with college basketball than college football. I mean, Tommy, I think we talked about it the last time or the time before you were on the show. Three of the four teams are guaranteed in the college football playoffs each year. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. It's really that fourth one in the last couple years where it's a toss-up. But even that, I mean, if no matter what, no matter what, too, that toss-up is, they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Like, there's such a exactly, exactly, exactly. So you know, Max, again, very negative, very negative. Okay, just because, like, to keep going, Victor, like. And I think this is what you're trying to say is that in basketball, though, like any given night, an uh, unranked team could be the 10th seed or two seed can lose to 18. Right? Yeah. Like we saw this whole tournament, seeding doesn't really matter. Like any given night, something can happen. And like, I don't know how we get college football to that point because I kind of wish it was more like that. And college football is any sport really, like the powerhouses, traditions, they come in waves, whether it's the old Oklahoma teams, the old U teams, the old Notre Dame teams. Like it's a wave and like it just keeps turning over, but with the playoffs, it just makes it a little like more stale, I think, in college football that you don't have in college basketball. I agree. And just real quick, the Michigan star that that's out indefinitely with a stress injury, Isaiah Livers. Yes, thank you. Yep, no problem. But no, I agree. Now, Tommy, not to get too far off topic, but do you think that expanding the playoffs with college football would help with that problem? No. Okay. And I'll answer it with. Okay, we expand the playoffs or whatever, and Texas A&M gets in. <clears throat> they win their first game. Alabama beats Notre Dame, and then in the next round, Alabama will just kill Texas A&M again. Like, we're, we already know what we're going to see. It's going to be a Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and, like, on an off year, like we saw at LSU or something like that, where I think that just kind of is what it is at this point. Um some people say you expand the playoffs, it'll help recruiting because more teams get more national looks. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the room. I don't know if that would be true or not. But, I don't know. they got to find some way to fix it, though. I mean, I think I, as someone looking on the outside in, whatever the saying is, is that college football, I feel like, you know, players are there for a couple of years. At basketball, everyone's one and, one, uh, one and done now half the time. Yeah. So, so new teams every year. College football, it's mostly like the, the same teams. Yeah. And same players for the most part. Tommy, just to um, follow what you said, the only thing, I'm I'm all for expanding, but to me, it can't go more than eight teams. Or two, you have one from each conference. Definitely one from each of the Power Five 
and then to make it even one more random school. Like, like if you wanted to give a school like University of Central Florida an opportunity, they finish the season undefeated, and you have them at six. I'm all for it. I'm all for it, honestly. Yeah. But I agree with that. But Max, a quick question for you about college basketball and the NBA. You know something I really like about college basketball, and I just want to get your thoughts on if they should bring it back in the NBA. The one and one foul shot. No, I'm not a fan of it. Really? Why? I feel like it makes it so much more nerve-wracking and so much more important to hit that first shot. I mean, no, it's definitely nerve-wracking, but uh, I don't know. I feel like half the time, too, that NBA just does a jump ball instead of, uh, you know, one-on-one. Okay. When you're in the bonus or a jump ball situation. All right. All right. I just want to get your opinion because obviously you're a very big NBA fan. And I, I and I heard a couple years back now, I think it was Adam Silver. And he said that they would never bring it back in the NBA. And I just, I, I didn't really hear the reason why. I don't really remember the reason why. But I just wanted to get your thoughts as an NBA fan. All right. Anything else, guys, on March Madness? Or should we... Move on to the professionals. I'm good. I'm ready. All right. So, NBA, we got a couple things to talk about. I think the biggest thing that's happened this past week is LeBron James, his injury. He's expected to miss an extended amount of time due to an ankle injury, high ankle sprain. He's expected to miss the next several weeks. The Lakers are already without Anthony Davis for an extended amount of time as well. They've lost their last three. Max, I'll start with you. How big of a deal is this? Uh, I think it's a really big deal, honestly. Um, this this Lakers team isn't really too good, obviously, with their two best players. And uh, the West isn't really too easy. Uh, and pe- people are going to be gunning for the Lakers too to play them because they want their life uh, to suck, basically. <laughs> And especially with the um, playing games now too, LA. If I'm a Lake, if I'm a Lakers fan, I mean, God, hope I never am in any life. But um, hopefully they get to the uh, six seed, so they don't have to play in game. That's the that's the last thing you want to do is let LeBron and AD play more games, and you know, uh, late July, whatever the hell the playoffs is this year, and be like a ten seed against a one seed or whatever the hell it is, or an eight seed. More games for them is worse for them because they're still coming back from the finals. A lot of miles on LeBron. AD wakes up and he's got to, you know, he's always banged up with some kind of little injury. But no, this is a life's not looking good for LA. Tommy, how big of a deal is this to you? Um, I think it's, I think it's pretty big. More just, more just to see like what kind of team or like what kind of panic button uh, I would say if I'm like a Lakers fan, like, I think it's a decent test right now. Like, all right, our two stars are out, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to grind and earn these games. But if they can not skate by, but like get by, all right, until they get back, kind of just hold down the fort. Then I'd be very confident. But if not, that makes me a little more worried. And especially with tomorrow being the trade deadline, that, that organization has to be in a panic to like, all right, are we gonna be aggressive trying to get somebody, or what are we gonna do? Yeah, all right. So I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's that big of a deal because I understand LeBron's older, right? And it's not a injury to, you know, play with or brush back. But 
I'm sorry. I still think as long as now, Max, you do make a great point about them not playing a play-in game. I think I was going to say, well, Max. I mean, they just had a couple weeks off. Obviously, not off, but recovering from injury, they weren't playing during that time. But in a shorter amount of time, it would be tougher. Like it, it's it's critical for them to get the rest right before and during the playoffs when they can so that they can go on a run. But they're currently the number four seed. They're 28 and 16, right? Nuggets, five, one and a half games back. Portland Trailblazers, two and a half games back. Now, again, it does... So as I'm making my argument, I might have to switch sides because all those teams right behind them are good teams. And I was going to say, ah, all they have to do is play 500 ball. But no, I could see the Nuggets going on the run. I could see the Trailblazers going around. Now, San Antonio and the Mavericks, I'm still not too worried about. Like, I don't think that the Lakers are in danger of missing the playoffs at all. But as long as they get in, I think that LeBron and AD, as long as they're healthy, they're still a threat to win it all. Now, they said LeBron is expected to miss around four weeks. I did it quickly, and it's still the regular season four weeks from now. So, I'm sorry, with as long as LeBron has been in this league with as much experience as he has, they've already played together. I don't think that people should be too worried about Lakers as long as they make the playoffs. That is the biggest question right now, but I think that they will. Yeah, no, I mean, they're definitely make, I'm looking at the schedule right now. They're definitely make playoffs, but you just don't want to get in that playing game situation because it's, it's it's you know, one-game sample, and weird shit happens. Look at Mark Madness. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Now, Max, though, Tommy already sort of alluded to it, but do you think that this change their mindset the way they go about the free age um i'm sorry the trade deadline uh yeah i mean i, I listened to Woj podcast that he said that you know watch out for them for kyle lowry uh i don't know what toronto would want out of that lakers team dennis Schroeder, who's an expiring contract he's like 27 28 i don't know if, if, how high they are in kuzma then maybe um but they don't have any picks so i don't know if they would want just players from them, but yeah, I mean, they they, they definitely got to go bargain shopping. Uh, I, I don't expect them to do anything in a trade deadline. I think more of a buyout market, like Drummond, like I said before. I think that's pretty much a done deal, and unless he gets traded last minute. But yeah, I mean, he'll put up numbers, he'll put up rebounds. So maybe they'll be the Andre uh, Drummond team for a week or two. Tommy, what about you? Do you think that this changes their approach at the trade deadline? Do you think they're they're going to wait for the buyouts and? Uh free agents I think this news kind of hits a little too late to where I think they don't really have much of a choice than to wait for the buyout market but unless you like Max kind of said you get like a bargain deal on somebody tomorrow and you know if, if they are in the market for Kyle Lowry which again <clears throat> I don't think they have enough assets that they either want to part with or could part with to get Kyle Lowry but uh, I don't I think yeah, I kind of agree with Max to where I think they're more in the buyout market. Yeah, I agree with you guys too, just because I don't think that anyone on the trade uh, with the trade rumors is going to make them that much better of a team, or I don't think that they have enough assets. Like, 
Like, Kyle Lowry, I could see, but would they have to trade for him, like you said, Max? Aaron Gordon, no. I think that Oladipo is a shot just because of how bad the relationship between him and the Rockets is. Bradley Beal isn't going anywhere, and I don't think that they have enough to trade for him anyway. I I think that, yes, Max, they will be full court with Andre Drummond once he becomes a free agent, once he's bought out. But other than that, I really don't think that there are any moves that they can really make to make me feel like they're going to be completely fine without LeBron James and Anthony Davis for the next couple of weeks. Like, I just I just don't think that there's anyone out there that really makes them that much better. I really think that they're going to hope for Kyle Kuzma to step up shoulder in these guys' absences. But that's that's my take on that. Yeah, I mean, no, that, that their, their team is kind of what it is. And they just got pieces together with Drummond. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little too late, too, to uh, really get into the trade deadline when it's in tomorrow. And they just got this news the other day. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, good luck, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, again, I'm not uh, I'm not happy LeBron got injured. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, tough times for the Lakers. It's really kind of hard to feel bad for them coming off a championship year. But um, <laughs> let's get into other injury news. Steph Curry, you know, my favorite player, out another week due to a tailbone contusion. That's important because the Warriors are currently 22-22, and 22, fighting for that last playoff seed. They're currently sitting at ninth seed. Boo-hoo. Maybe he should be a little tougher and play it out. LaMelo Ball, sad news, Max. LaMelo Ball expecting to miss the rest of the season. We talked about how good he's been in his rookie season. Uh, broke his wrist. He's gonna. He's gonna miss. Uh, he's expecting to miss the re- rest of the season. And then KD, we got an update on. According to head coach Nets head coach Steve Nash, Kevin Durant is at quote critical end quote point of rehabbing his hamstring. Nash also says KD continues to make progress and quote unquote looks great. Said that if the Nets were at a more critical point in the season, Durant would be more likely to be close to returning guys um a biggest injury in your eyes and who do you think is in trouble i personally i'm just gonna say real quick i don't love the kevin durant news i think that steve nash is just trying to blow it off and make it sound better than it actually is because i i need a timeline and i don't think that we really got that like at least you know what makes me feel good about lebron they give a four-week period. Now, LeBron's a superhuman, so would I be surprised if he came back in three weeks? No, not at all. Kevin Durant, like I've said, Max, James Harden has played more games than Kevin Durant the last two seasons with the Brooklyn Nets. This has been a almost season-long injury with Kevin Durant. I'm very nervous about this. Max, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think you hit it right on the head. Um... Durant has injury history that, you know, everyone knows. And the more and more he's out, it's just – it's not good, obviously. Um, the playoff thing, it's – if they're closer to playoffs than he was saying, then that, uh, you know, he'd be more likely to play or steps to play. I don't know if Steve Nash is just saying that, just, you know, say it. 
Um, but yeah, no, it's it's concerning because you know they need him to win because we all know Harden as your best player in playoffs ain't gonna you're not gonna do anything really much for you. But um, yeah, I don't know the KD thing's definitely uh, scary. Tommy, what uh, what do you think? Do you think that uh, we should be worried about KD? How disappointed are you about Lamelo Ball being out for the rest of the year? Um, I'm actually more worried about Steph to be completely honest with you. Um, his injury because that that's a team like we were saying. You know, what are they a half game out, two, a game and a half out of the last the eight seed, and like they're still in that playing spot. But one and a half games out. No, no team wants to be in that spot. Your best player is not on the court. That's not helping you. Uh, sucks for Lamelo. That's the kid was balling out, kind of proving a lot of people wrong. Proving you know, oh, don't like you guys have been saying on the pod. Like, all right, just because you don't like my dad doesn't mean you know I'm not a good basketball player. Like, let's kind of get over that and be adults. But uh, to touch on the KD news, I don't think that I honestly don't think it's that big of a deal. The number two in the East right now. Uh, Obviously, it's never like a good thing when your best player isn't on the court, and you keep getting like pushback timelines, like you said, Victor, on when it's such a question mark on when he'll be ready to go. But uh, as long as he's ready before the playoffs, I, I really want to be losing too much sleep over KD's situation. Yeah, I guess you could make that argument with KD, like I have with uh, LeBron and AD for the Lakers, because I mean, again, he is he does have experience playing with Harden. Out of the three, I would probably say KD does the best come playoffs. I'm not taking anything away from Kyrie. He has had plenty of big moments and plenty of big shots. I just think that I would want KD more as my closer, my um, clutch man in the playoffs. Again, nothing against Kyrie. Just I think that overall KD is a better player. And then... You know, Steph, you know, Steph, Steph, uh, he's going to be out for a week. They said 22 and 22, his team is at, I think they need him back as soon as possible if they're going to want any chance of a playoff appearance. LaMelo Ball, I just want to say quickly, LaMelo Ball, for how good he was, he could have been in the MVP debate. Now, again, do I think he would have won it? No, because I don't think that he's on that same level as the other guys that we're going to see. You know, whether LeBron is still in discussion, but now that he's missing time, James Harden, Giannis, I think that Jimmy Butler should be in that conversation. But, you know, he had the Hornets playing 500 above 500 ball. He made them a playoff team. And if you look at his numbers, they were – I mean, some of the best that we've seen from a rookie. So I'm just a little disappointed by that. And 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 for me to say disappointed, that's a shock. If you told me I was, I would be disappointed that Lamelo Ball is missing the rest of the season prior to the year. I, I would tell you that you're crazy because I was not exactly rooting for him. But in 41 games, just under 16 points per game, 5.9 rebounds, over six assists per game. I mean, I got to give credit where credit is due. LaMelo Ball was playing playing better than I ever expected him to do so in this rookie season. And it was just a sad, sad ending to an otherwise promising and optimistic rookie season for him and the Charlotte Hornets. You know what they do for rookies since the MVP talk? Rookie of the year. 
Okay, Max, Max, again. Right, that, that take is this. That, that might be one of the worst takes I've heard. Okay, that's fine. You know why? Because it's my take, Max. And what did we talk about? Most valuable player. Max, you take LaMelo Ball Victor, off the team. We're going to see. fourth quarters with them. We, he hasn't played in the fourth quarter. We, we're going to see. Okay, Max, but still, why Why are they a winning team? Why are they a winning team? Gordon Hayward. I mean, Gordon Hayward, Terry no. Rozier. No, no. You can't sell me. He, he's definitely... He's definitely gave him that team energy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's really yep. good here. But MVP, I mean, that's like a Beacom yoga stretch right there. Okay. All right. Well, agree to disagree, my friend. I'm just saying that he has numbers. He makes the team better. I think that we're going to see them uh, go on the slide with him being out. Uh, so I'm just saying, I, again, most valuable. I'm not saying best player in the league. Not best player in the league, Max. Most valuable team. And I think that he's valuable to his team. Sorry. Sorry. No, listen. I mean, that, that's what, that's what a rookie of the year is. Okay. All right. Anyway, let's move on to some guys that still win rookie of the year if he's out the rest of the season. You know, I wanted to ask you guys that. What do you think, Max? I don't think I don't think he will anymore. Honestly, Tommy. I mean, you know me. Oh no! Go ahead. No, 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 Max. Finish up your thought. No, I was just going to say the best availability is availability. And sadly, you know, this injury is going to keep him out. And uh, Anthony Edwards might honestly get it because he's putting up numbers but on a shitty team. But that's a rookie of the year, basically. Is. Well, yeah, Anthony Edwards has been playing great. And that was a pretty corny line, Max. The best availability is availability. What the hell? It's the best ability in sports. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, thank you. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, all right. Tommy, this might be the last time you're on the show. <laughs> I don't like being outnumbered. But, uh, Tommy, what, what do you think, quick? I think I it's as much as it sucks. I think he's out too. So do I. I, I think right now I think he'd be the favorite. Like if I had money. Oh yeah, no, he's winning healthy. it right now. Yeah. I'm yeah. Betting the house on. Him. Yeah, but uh, just kind of sucks. Nature of the sport and uh, nature of any sport, though. Yeah. No. Agreed. And um, Anthony Edwards and I would love to see uh, quickly get some uh, more talk, but yeah, I'm, I'll get some buzz. Yeah. But all right, let's talk about some guys that might be playing for new teams. After tomorrow. Oh, about time we got to this segment. Oh my god! All right, I just I can't with you I'm today. Giving me, I'm I'm giving some energy. I'm so mad. <laughs> All right. So the trade deadline is tomorrow. We are recording the show Wednesday night. It is tomorrow, Thursday, March 25th. Correct. The Orlando Magic forward Aaron Gordon requested a trade. Apparently, back in February, he said, "quote frustration" end quote on multiple issues led to the trade request. He said, frustration with the losses, the injuries, the way we've been playing, and how many losses have accumulated over the years. So it's just my frustration kind of boiling over, I would say. He would later say, I think a lot of people share that sentiment with me of frustration. Gordon, who still has another year and a half left on this contract, is averaging 14.7 points and over six rebounds per game this season. Toronto Raptors are looking into a Kyle Lowry and or Norman Powell trade. Lowry has been with the Raptors since 2012. He has won the championship with Toronto. Really, Kawhi won the championship for Toronto and Kyle Lowry was there, but he won the championship with Toronto back in 2019. And of course, the Houston Rockets are looking to trade Oladipo. Now, uh, that relationship started off on a 
rocky road and has not really gotten better throughout the season. But Max, since you were so excited for this part of the show, I'm going to let Tommy kick it off. Tommy, (laughs) I've named some players. You're more than welcome to name some more. But to me, that was the biggest names on the training block. Do you have any best fits for these players? Well, I was actually going to kind of pull pull the room here. Just something I was looking at today. Just kind of, I don't know how these, if he would fit there, how it would work. But what do you guys think about Aaron Gordon possibly going to the Jazz? Gave him like some athleticism down to the big men. They're obviously one seed looking probably get a little bit better during the deadline. Team that probably wants to make moves. I don't know who or what they would move. But that was like the first like comparison was like, all right, a team that need because obviously, I mean, Max is the biggest Gobert fan I think I've ever met. So I know he, I don't know how he feels. About <laughs> but uh, I feel like they're lacking kind of athleticism, the 5 4 position. And I think Aaron Gordon can bring that type of versatility to what they might, they could actually need down there. And especially if the Lakers get, uh, you know, Drummond and then they have to face Drummond and AD, that gives them size to like match up down there low and uh, give him a better fighting shot. But I'm not really... What do you guys think about that? I would love it. Uh, to be honest with you, Tommy, I would love for the Jazz to do anything to increase their chances. Again, just so that I don't have to see... And again, I know that uh, injuries may hurt them in the long run, but anyone but the Lakers win it all. Uh, definitely come out of the West. I would like to see someone new, someone different. And, uh, again, the Jazz have a player that I love, Donovan Mitchell. I, I like Gobert. I know that Max is a little different, Jamal Murray. But, you know, again, I I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry, not Jamal Murray. I'm so sorry. I, I was thinking of the Nuggets as a possible destination for Aaron Gordon as well. But um, I, I don't know who they would give up. I really don't. And, and you know, are you going to get just draft picks from the Jazz when they continue to be one of the better teams in the West? So it's going to be a late first-round draft pick. Is that good enough for someone that's been productive ever since you took him four years ago, fourth overall? Max? No, that's a that's a really good move. Um, I, don't, I just don't know if they have the assets to do it. Like, they have, they have picks, but, you know, those, those picks are going to be high 20 or, you know, really high 20s. Um, they they needed act like for them Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles as kind of the three fours, and uh, you, you know that that's where they could get kind of in trouble. So having Aaron Gordon who you know guard one through four would definitely help. You know that that that'd be a really good move for them. I just don't think they have the assets to get them. You know who I would love to see Aaron go to. I would love, and, and again, I I don't know what these teams have to offer and stuff like like that, but I would love to see the Blazers add yep. to their roster as well. And again, it would probably mostly be draft assets. Maybe the Blazers would throw in Gary Trent Jr. But I I would just love to see the Blazers get stronger. Another team I think that could benefit from it too. And I already jumped the gun a little bit. Love to see the Nuggets get involved in Aaron Gordon as well. I, some some assets the Nuggets could trade: Gary Harris, Will Barn, R.J. Hampton, twenty twenty one first rounder, twenty you know future draft picks. I would like to see one of those teams get it. One of those teams that 
is a talented team, but seems to always be unable to get over that hump come the playoffs. And that hump usually is a more talented team like the Lakers. No, uh, Gordon, yeah, him going to Portland, that's my number one team for him. They have, they have a couple of picks they can use. They can, Gary Trent Jr. is a unrestricted or restricted free agent this year. Clutch client, that's always a pain in the ass to deal with. Anthony Simmons is an intriguing prospect. So, and if you're Orlando, they need some guard uh, guard depth in there too. Because uh, Evan Fournier is going to be a free agent. He's going to want kind of a decent deal, and he's not really that good. And I'd give Gary Trent a nice little deal and have Simmons as a guard next to Marco Fultz and, you know, picks or picks, whatever. Uh, yeah, I see um, that Boston was a leader in Aaron Gordon, and I'd be shocked if went to Boston because Boston says they almost get everybody and nothing ever happens. So I guess we'll find out with that one. Well, I was going to say uh, maybe for Danny Ainge's uh, sake that uh, – that they either pull the trigger or they don't mention yeah. him at all because uh, they might feel the wrath from you again, Max. You are always the first one to point out when Danny Ainge <laughs> and the Celtics miss out on another big player. But hey, Ma- Richter, it's been going on for a decade. <laughs> I still can't wait. I can't wait for four oh five tomorrow when the, the Celtics do nothing and Max is going to be like, oh, right on <laughs> fast fingers. Tweeting away. Oh, yep. Close to getting this guy. What happened, Boston? Do you know what Danny Ainge's new nickname is for me? Mr. The, the King of Blue Balls. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, Jared, that's what he is. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get it, Max. I get it. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, you know, I would hate to see this. Now, I, again, I think that Aaron Gordon is a very talented player, and I think that he's been put in a very poor situation with the Orlando Magic. Now, listen, it, it sucked that Markel Fultz got hurt early in the year because I thought that he was going to be a player to watch this year. But I would hate to see Aaron Gordon. And again, I'm not, I'm not a fan of players requesting trades, right? But over the past four years, the Magic have been not a good team and he's put up with a lot right but the Houston Rockets have been linked the Minnesota Timberwolves like do you think and and I'm looking at the other side too as the Rockets as the Timberwolves now the Timberwolves may be a little more makes a little more sense with Carl Anthony Towns and uh D'Angelo Russell right but does Aaron Gordon make either of those two teams that much better? Like, do you think that either of those two teams really should dra- trade their assets for a player like Aaron Gordon, Max? Uh, well, actually, I have two things for it. Did you see that he did the old Dwight Howard? And uh, there's an update today that I saw this morning how he's rethinking the trade request. Probably because they said we're going to trade you to either the Houston Rockets or Minnesota Timberwolves. No, but I mean that could be that, that could be it. Yeah, but I, I don't know what happened. I mean, a lot of guys in Orlando, like it's, it's the uh, Dwight Howard uh, thing, want to trade, and then everyone complains that you're this and that. Well, maybe I'll rethink the trade. I don't know. Stick to your guns, I guess. And what what was the second thing, my friend? Oh, uh, the second thing was um, yeah, oh Minnesota. If I was Miss Minnesota, actually kind of needs to win games because Golden State has their pick either this year or next year, and it's top three protected. So if somehow they get the fourth pick, that's Golden State's pick. So they need to win as much games as they can possible, just not for that situation to happen. And how many young guys can they have on their team too? 
How many lottery picks you want in Minnesota when Carlton Towns is gonna be, you know, like twenty eight in three years? Yeah, yeah. No, that that's a good point. I also I'm a little shocked that we haven't heard more about Cat's name being a trade possibility. Are are you Max or, or am I just is no, that another I, bad I take? Mean, I have a fake trade for you right now. What? Uh Carnathan Towns to Phoenix for uh, DeAndre Aiden and some salary cap for Stop. Stop, dude. Stop. 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 I mean what, what, that just what, what, what's that just I think that's ridiculous. I think DeAndre Aiden has elevated his game. I think that he it, no, I would not trade that. I would not trade that. If you're in Phoenix, you wouldn't do it? No. <sighs> I I would do that deal in a heartbeat. No. Uh that that might have been one of the worst takes I've heard. Um Tommy, what what do you think? Do you think that Aaron Gordon first off is going to get traded, but do, do you see my point in either of those two teams? Like, like, I mean, Max brings up a good point with the Warriors pick, right? Warriors having their pick, so they need to win some games. But, you know, the Houston Rockets, I, I'm not giving up any draft picks. I'm going to be one of the worst teams. Yeah, I was thinking that too, like, when I saw that. It's, it's, I kind of see, it's like when Jamie Collins got angry at New England, so they traded him to Cleveland. Like, all right, yeah, you're, asset, <laughs> you're not good here. We're just going to send you somewhere to be miserable. Have fun. Let us know. Call me when you miss me. And then he's, his next contract's back with New England. Yeah. I, I don't think – I don't. I just don't get what either team has to gain by like, oh, yeah, let's go, let's go all in on Aaron Gordon and see what can happen. Like, there's, there's no positives to anything happening there. Yeah. Or at least for those two teams, anyways, I'm saying. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, frankly, I mean, listen, I, again, he does have an argument to be made because since he was drafted four years ago, the Magic have gone a combined 203 and 322. They've qualified for the playoffs just twice in those four years and have gotten knocked out in the first round each time. Now, again, you might be saying, oh, they made the playoffs. Well, it's not exactly like the Eastern Conference has been the powerhouse the last couple of years. So I'm sure in both those years, the Magic were either close to 500 or under 500, and they just squeaked into the playoffs, and they got bounced early twice. So, I, I mean, that's just my take on that. I, I think that I, I really don't like to see it. I really don't like to see it be publicly drawn out, but... The Magic have been a really bad franchise, and Aaron Gordon isn't getting any younger. Some other names, what do you guys think? I think that Kyle Lowry ends up staying with the Raptors. I think that Norman Powell is more likely to get traded. And I'm not saying that the Raptors do that for, you know, sentimental reasons, stuff like that. I just don't think that the Raptors are going to get a offer that they really like. And I, I just, I think about the teams that could really use him and... When I think about the Clippers, when I think about the Lakers, they just don't have anything to trade for him. Tommy, we can start with you. What do you think about the Raptors? They make a move at deadline. Um, I think Lowry stays, but kind of for like the opposite reason. Specific. I think it is kind of sentimental. Like what Kyle Lowry means to that city and everything. It's kind of I get it. Like towards the end of a player's career, sometimes you just kind of cut ties or whatever. But I feel like Kyle Lowry just. I think he. 
he's kind of earned his place there. Whether they're he's I think he's the type of guy I think who will just go down with the ship type. So I think he does stay. It, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where in the deal that Victor Oladipo gets though. What what Houston's going to get for him, or what they're going to ask, and if they actually get it, and who's going to be willing to offer up the price tags. I mean, obviously, we all know Victor Oladipo can ball. I'm not saying that. It's just what do they want in return for him? I think is going to be interesting to see, and if it happens. Max, what do you think about the Toronto situation? You think either of those guys get traded? You think Oladipo gets his wish of being out of Houston? Uh, I mean, I think this is the year for Tampa for Tampa for uh, Toronto to make trade because, like I kind of said on accident, they're in Tampa. There's no fans there from Toronto. So it's gonna be easier for them to get rid of him. And if you know the Raptors, they're really not a contender this year. If you can get like a Duncan Robinson, uh, Tyler Hero to add on to the core, I would personally do it. And for Kyle Lowry, he's he's gonna turn 35 this year. He's not going to win anymore in Toronto. I don't know if he wants you to stay there. Um, the world's back to normal. I mean, I know Jimmy Butler's trying to get him to Miami. I know the Sixers are trying to get him. Clippers would be a good fit, too. If they have no assets or the money to add up to any type of salary. So if he, if he gets traded, I think it'll be to Miami or Philly. Oladipo, the Rockets want a first-round pick for him. I could see maybe Boston with all the picks they've had for, you know, since I was six years old. Boston's had picks that don't do anything. Uh, Portland would be another team I could see getting Old Depot, maybe just bench relief. Um, there's a couple other teams, maybe even one of the LA teams. I'm not of oh, the Clippers. I mean, the Lakers could maybe look at Old Depot for more scoring off the bench, and he could have a, a month to himself, maybe with all the injuries. Will he? He'll only get traded if the Rockets put their demands away because they're using Woj's. Woj's got some pretty serious. Uh, he knows somebody in Houston that owes money because the way he's talking about this Houston situation. I don't know if you guys seen on Twitter, but he's like, oh, the Rockets demand a first-round pick, and this is what they want. They're not going to get a good pick. It's going to be a mid-20 pick with the playoff contender. And Victor Oladipo has been checked out the whole year. I, I don't know what value it really he has. Yeah, he doesn't ha- he doesn't look healthy since his hip injury, and he kind of just comes and goes as he pleases. So, I mean, if the Heat got him, yeah, whatever. I guess we'll see. He's been trying to go to Miami for two years. So, I don't really know if he comes into the Heat, if he's – hopefully he'd be playing harder, but – no, I think uh, the Rockets should just look for any type of pick they can get and move on from. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Max. I mean, uh, the Rockets have had a tumultuous season. And uh, again, like you said, Oladipo never wanted to get traded to Houston and has never really wanted to play for Houston ever since being traded there. Max, my biggest fear, honestly, and I, I don't care what happens. I don't care if your Heat get Kyle Lowry. I don't care... If Lowry ends up going to one of the LA teams, I don't care if Aaron Aaron Gordon goes to any of the teams we talked about, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, right? And at the end of the day, I don't care. What I don't want, right, what I would consider the worst case scenario is whatever they would give up for him. I don't want anything, anything to do with Oladipo. I think he has a terrible attitude. I think that he thinks he's better than he actually is. I don't think that he can really be a winning piece. Now, I say that, right? The only situation where I think Oladipo could work out is a team like the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James setting him straight. That's the only situation I see. I think the Clippers would be in all... Again, I'm not saying that this is going to happen at all. 
but I'm just comparing the two. Like, the Clippers, to me, as much as I love Kawhi, I think that they're a dysfunctional bunch. And I don't think that there's anyone there, whether it's their joke of a head coach, Ty Lue, or Kawhi Leonard or Playoff P, right? I don't think anyone there can keep Oladipo on the right path like the Lakers could. But I want nothing to do with Oladipo joining the Knicks. I think that would now, set them. Now, the Knicks could just sign him in the offseason, too, honestly. I don't want do him at all. I don't want him at all. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying in general, though, you don't have to give them any assets if they want to do that. Well, they could have done that with Carmelo Anthony, too, and they screwed that up. Well, <laughs> but no, so, I get what you're saying, but I... I I think I'm not saying it's I'm a Heat fan. I think if he went to Miami, he would get his shit together because he's been trying to go to Heat for two years now. Okay, and, that's know, fair. They're not, not going to play. You know, they're not going to play around with his nonsense either. They're, you know, they'll whatever. Uh, no, Denver would be another good team with then uh, with Old Depot too, Victor. I like that one because uh, Gary Harris, since his injury, has gave him gave him really nothing. Uh, it'd be another. It'd be nice to have another guy that can kind of you know create his own shot besides Michael Porter. Just thinks he's the next coming of KD. And, uh, you know, Murray's been kind of hot and cold this year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh, what, what was the Emmy sent me? Can I, get, can I talk about the Hero and uh, James Harden trade oh, real quick? Oh, wait, no. Okay, so you got confused, Max, because I I, I sent you a thing where, <laughs> where it was Miami Heat get James Harden, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, F.A. Davis, and Kyrie Irving. In exchange for Tyler, Tyler Hero. No, I know. What you're, no, no, I know what you're talking about. I, it's just, I've, I mean, maybe it's just Heat Twitter that's been bugging the shit out of me, and you know, random Celtics accounts and Rockets accounts that just I don't know come at me. I don't know why they would. I don't really say much. But um, <clears throat> what did Houston get out of, out of the James Harden deal? They got picks and a lot of picks, and they had. The only young asset they had was who? Harrison Vert. And who did they trade him for? Oh, the depot. For what reason? I don't know. Miami could could have traded them. Precious, Duncan Robinson, uh, you know, Hero, obviously, Casey Akpala. And two picks, because they don't have any picks this year. They can't trade their next year's pick because of the uh, Stefan rule. You can't trade consecutive picks every year. So they would have traded picks from 2024, 25, and 28. That's why the trade didn't go down. Because Houston wanted picks from like this year, next year, the year after that, year before. That's why the trade didn't happen. And they got Clarence Alert and they traded for Old Depot, which I have yet to hear an explanation why they thought that was a good idea. I would have just kept Levert. Okay, let me ask you this. That's just my my rant. Okay, yeah, no problem. Let me ask you this thing on the Heat. Any of the guys that we named, well, you you said Kyle Lowry, right? What would be your perfect, you got Trevor Ariza, what would be your perfect trade deadline for the Miami Heat? Uh, getting, getting Kyle Lowry. Uh, if not him, I'd take a flyer on Old Depot. And uh, hopefully the Spurs get a buyout with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge because I might strangle Kelly Olenek if I ever see him. Dude, LaMarcus Aldridge would be a very interesting name. And I think that he would be... I, I think he would be a big name for a lot of teams. I think the Heat, I think, again... The Lakers could be an obvious. Uh, That's a rumor right now. Yeah, he's going to the Lakers or uh, Heat. Yeah, fit. Um, you know, could he possibly reunite with Damian Lillard in Portland? 
He could. I mean, I don't see the fit though right now. Yeah. This type of career, honestly. I know. I just don't see the fit. I just feel like that was such an underrated duo. Looking back on it, like, I mean, Damian Lillard kind of uh, really exploded onto the scene as a superstar once he left. But I still think looking back on that, that was a Portland Trail Blazers team that could have done more with what they had. Yeah, no, that was definitely they're they're pretty. Um, Pretty stacked too. Looking back, that Batum he was good. Wesley Matthews, Marcus Camby, yeah, uh, Young, CJ McCollum, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a nice little team. Yeah, but no, I uh, sorry, just getting back to the names that we were talking about. Um, yeah, if the he could figure out what the oh Victor, I got I got some updates for oh, you. Let's hear it. if you don't mind. Let's hear it. from Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer sources. The New York Knicks have emerged as serious potential destination for Cavaliers big man Andre Drummond. See, but I don't even love that. They don't need him. I don't understand that. They don't need him. I don't love the fit with Julius Randle. I, I just... I, again, we talked about this, I believe, last week. And Tommy, I, I forget. Are you a Knicks fan? Uh, no. I'm, I'm more just a, a, a Heat fan, I guess. Just because in college, I had to watch him every night with Max. Oh, okay. No, that's better than a watch um, than saying you're a Heat fan after their uh, first championship with the Big Three. Um, I, I, won't, yeah. I watch Nets games, but I, I honestly, it's been kind of rough for me this year. I got more into hockey. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's respectable. And um, really, the Nets, I've talked about it. I, I always forget that they're a New York team because I don't see any of their fans. Like, the back pages for the New York newspapers, newspapers when they played the Knicks was how close the Knicks were to being them. I, I mean, how devastating of a loss it was, how Julius Randle got robbed on that last possession. I mean, Kyrie was waving to fans in his own building. James Harden at the post-game press conference, talked about how he could hear the Knicks fans in the Barclays Center. I mean, it's just embarrassing. But, Max, getting back to Andre Drummond, we talked about it last week. The Knicks are not an Andre Drummond away from winning it all, okay? They're, they're a couple pieces away. Andre Drummond is not going to turn them into a contender. I don't like the fit. I think that would be a mistake. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand what that what that move would do for them. I mean, yeah, it's an upgrade over who knows in a while you're back to center. I, I want Mitchell Robinson who just uh became healthy again to get more experience and you know in the postseason and uh get just more game experience because he's still a raw player. Yeah. I don't yeah, I, I don't I don't get it, but not my issue. No okay, relax. Um but all right, yeah, so that's that's my take on the trade deadline. I really think that it's going to be more smoke. I think it's going to be one of the slower trade deadlines than years past. And, I, again, I think Oladipo is all but gone. Everyone else, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if they stayed put. I, I, well, no, I, I, I correct myself. Oladipo and Aaron Gordon, I think, are gone. All right, so anything else, Maxwell, or are you ready to move into free agency recap? Tommy, you as well? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for football, baby. All right, so big week, big week, Tommy, and we're probably going to be taking over the segment because the real New York team, okay, the New York football giants had a busy week. Max, have you been keeping up? They signed former Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay, which, by the way, I got to correct myself, last week and Max no help whatsoever from my co-host. I had to hear from one of my good friends, Matt Nikolai. He listened to the episode, and he said I kept saying Kyle Galladay. I don't know why. I just f- 
flowed off the tongue, right? And he wasn't a Giants player yet, so I wasn't too concerned with his name. But they signed Kenny Galladay to a four-year, $72 million contract. A lot of money for a man that played five games last year, but he's one of the best at catching contested balls. And Daniel Jones is the best deep ball thrower in the league. That's facts, Maxwell. You can look it up. And they weren't done there. They signed the cornerback, Adoree Jackson, former Tennessee Titan. Three years, $39 million. Now, Tommy, I will let you have your say as a Giants fan. But I just want to, you know, calm everyone down a little bit just for this reason only. This reminds me a little bit of the 2016-2017 offseasons. Now, they spent a lot of money on Leonard Williams. They spent a lot of money on Galladay. They spent a lot of money on Jackson, right? I think Galladay and Jackson are upgrades from what they had, right? But, but, I can't say they upgraded on offense because you can have as many weapons as you can it if you don't have time to throw the ball it doesn't matter who you have lining up on the outside if you can't run the ball it doesn't matter if you have a healthy Saquon Barkley the Giants released Kevin Zeitler now yes it freed up a lot of money so that they can sign Galladay and Jackson but our offensive line, the Giants' offensive line was not great as it is last year with Zeitler part of that line. So I still think that they have to shore up that line. On the other side of the ball, yes, they're secondary. Tommy, NYPD, first off, I love the nickname that Julian Love gave them. I love an Xavier McKinney, a healthy Xavier McKinney. I love a Logan Ryan who did his best uh, free agent courting this year. I love a James Bradbury who had a career year last year. I love Darnay Holmes who had a solid rookie season. I love Rodori Jackson signing. I love Jabril Peppers, right? We need to get after the quarterback. And yes, we signed Leonard Williams who had a career year last year. But we signed him to a three-year, $63 million year to be part of that defensive line. And it's still considered a need. That worries me a little. Okay, but my biggest issue is yes, we got better on the exciting part of the offense, but if you don't have an offensive line, it doesn't matter. Tommy, I'll let you take the floor. So I guess I'll start on the defensive side ball. I do like the Dory Jackson signing. Uh I'm not in love with it. Uh the guy <laughs> as Max said earlier, the best ability in sports is availability and uh he wasn't on the field a lot last year. So he only played three games. The year before that, I think he played 10. Uh, but when he's on the field, he's good. I think they're going to have a hard time, though, next year, like finding room for guys because you know Xavier McKinney's going to be a starter. Jabril Peppers, Gettleman loves, he's going to be on the field. Logan Ryan had a great season last year, going to be on the field. And obviously, James Bradbury's playing every single snap. And Adoree Jackson's going to be in there. I think Julian Love, as much as I, you know, Notre Dame guy, I think I see him getting phased out a little bit. Um, I think they just, you know, with the signings though, like with the Galladay signing and Jackson signing, they, they've pretty much put their, I think me personally, I think they've drawn their line in the sand that says no matter what, we are going 
edge rusher in the first round, no matter if it's Rousseau or if, Lord willing, you know, Micah Parsons falls to 11 and they can get him. They, they're going to have to go after an outside guy who can get after the quarterback. And, or, you know, this is kind of a stretch. I, me personally, as somebody who I've had my eye on, he's been very quiet throughout free agency, who they might be able to get on the cheap because he's 32 years old. Is Carlos Dunlap played pretty well when he got traded to Seattle last year. He's a free agent right now. Again, he's 32 years old. Money's getting tighter and tighter. I don't know what they're going to do. They still have to restructure Soldier's deal to see how that works. Oh, they did. They did. Uh, it went from a $10 million base salary to a $3 million. No, you're right. My fault. No problem. I forgot I saw that. But then, yeah, the same thing on the offensive side. I mean, left, left side, we know it's going to be Thomas and uh, Lemieux. Soldier, and I really hope they can get uh, Wyatt Davis the guard from Ohio State in the second round. I think Max said it last week, but I'm going to kind of back him up. This draft is pretty deep at interior linemen, you know, across the country, but those picks aren't really attractive, so they're going to fall to the second and third rounds where you can get a steal, a guy in those rounds. But uh, I, money's getting tight. It's been a weird cap year with COVID and everything going on. I think they, they have to get an edge rusher. And I think them moving, losing Dalvin Thompson is going to be a bigger deal than most people realize right now. I thought he was, I thought he was a big part of the success, so the success that Leonard Williams had. So the but you drafted Dexter Lawrence at seventeen, and he's been really, really good. I've, I've loved everything I've seen from Dexter. Agreed. Lawrence. I mean, Agreed. He would have been a top ten draft pick if he didn't have that drug problem at the end of the year. But you know, whatever. He slipped to us. We'll take him. Whatever. No, no sweat off my back if a good player falls to us at seventeen. But uh, yeah, it's. I've been really happy with what they've been doing. They're active, but you are 100% right where this kind of feels like a GM who knows, oh, shit, like, I'm kind of in trouble here. I need to make moves to keep my job, and that's exactly what Jerry Reese did when yep. he went on that huge spending spree, and then I think that could be what Gettleman's doing here. Like, oh, look, I'm doing my job. Just, you know, things aren't working out, but it's, it's going to be – they had the benefit of playing in a terrible division, though, like – the Eagles, I think, are going to be very bad this year. The Cowboys, they, they won't, they wouldn't be able to stop a high school football team. Let alone, let's see what an NFL team does. Are they going to? They'll put up thirty-five points a game this year, but you know they're going to need all thirty-five to win because that defense is going to be terrible. Even though I think Dan Quinn's a great uh, defensive coordinator, but I, I, they're in trouble. And I think Washington's going to be pretty legit this year. Actually, Washington does make me nervous, but run so it'll be interesting to see how these moves pan out and i just can't wait for the draft agreed uh just to hit on some of the things you said i'm actually not in love with okay so i think washington has a great defense right i think they have weapons on the offensive ball i think people are making a bigger deal out of the fitzpatrick signing than it actually is i you know if like Yes, can Fitzpatrick throw for 300 yards still? Yes, can he give you multiple touchdown games? Yes, but he's so inconsistent. And to me, he's one of those more players. And I know that he had success with Miami last year, but he might have a great first half of the season, but then he drops off. Like, and unless Washington moves up or, again, makes a last-second move or something like that, 
I'm not in love with Fitzpatrick as their quarterback. Like, and even if they drafted someone like a Mac Jones, wherever he falls, or if they try to move up to get a Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or whoever, I I don't think that's going to happen. I think they, they don't have enough or would have to give up a lot to do that. But, you know, I just, I, I don't love it. And I think that, People are overreacting to that move and to be calling them the favorites. Like, I'm very close to saying the Giants are the favorites to win the NFC East, but the offensive line scares me. And to be honest with you, I compared it to 2017, and I know that different points of their career are not the same type of signing, but do you remember when they signed Brandon Marshall and everyone was like, oh my God, the Giants' offensive is loaded. Red zone is going to be great with a tall receiver, big receiver, big body receiver like Marshall. And the the man made it through four games and then was out for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. I just feel like the hype around Galladay is similar. Now, again, not the the same point in the career, but the reaction to it is why I'm nervous. Just because their offensive line wasn't great in 2017. They tried the mask it with weapons. That didn't work. Their offensive line was not great last season. It got worse this offseason, okay? And they bring in a top-notch receiver, which I love, but I just hope they have a plan to shore up that offensive line too. You know, Thomas had an up-and-down rookie season. We later found out he played the entire year with a foot injury. He got surgery. We'll see how he comes back from that. Lemieux, I don't know if he did enough to start at left guard for this upcoming year. Will Hernandez has had up and downs throughout his career, even though it's more been more regression the last two years. I think Nick Gates is a solid center, and I think he's only going to get better. At right guard, we lost Zeitler. Who's going to fill in there? Are they going to draft? I personally think they're going to draft an offensive lineman at number 11. And then right tackle, Matt Pert, is he the answer? Is Nate Solder going to shift to right? Who knows? So, that's just my worry about this all season. They got worse on the offensive line and defensive line, and they re- okay. I like the Fetty signing from Minnesota. I also love the Kyle Rudolph signing. Okay, he's gonna be great in the red zone. He's gonna be a great number two tight end if Evan Ingram can pull together. And if Evan Ingram struggles, you have Rudolph, who's one of the best at making contested catches too. This is a big. No. Oh yeah, sorry, Tommy. You no, go. Well, I, I, you was, go. I, I was going to touch. I I think Rudolph is a better red zone. Like that. That was ninety five percent of the reason why they signed him because they already have three tight ends on the roster, and you sign him, it's pretty much just a red zone deal. Uh, so I, I that's why I was going to just agree with you on that. Yeah. No. And and I'm not in love with Evan Ingram. So if they do decide to trade him, which I do not think they will, but I'd be open to it. Right. Finally, this is a big year for Daniel Jones. Now, again, I know that they, I said they need to shore up the offensive line. They do. But listen, you got a receiver, okay? Barkley coming back healthy. You got another tight end. You have Darius Lynn. You have Sterling Shepard. I've been a big supporter for you, Daniel. You got to go out and show that you're a franchise quarterback this year. Yeah, I mean, to touch on the offensive line, though, I think they're pretty much handcuffed. Like, especially with your, you know, Thomas is going to have to be there. I, I, who knows if Lemieux, like you said, that's a good point. I don't know if Lemieux did enough to keep that starting job, but, um, 
the only offensive lineman that they're going to be able to take in the first round is Rashawn Slater, who I think will be pretty good. I mean, I, I don't think Swell falls to them. I think he goes to number five or six or whatever the Bengals pick is. But Rashawn Slater is going to be like the only option there at 11 worth taking at 11. And is he worth it? I would say yes. But again, you just restructured Nate Soldier. Are you gonna are you gonna restructure him just to keep him on the bench? Like I, I think they're kinda in like in just a weird spot to where I think that's why I said personally, like I would wait to the second round or third round. Well, they don't have a third round pick. It's the second round to take hope like I said, hopefully Wyatt Davis. I think that'd be the perfect that's the perfect scenario if I'm a giant and I'm going through the draft and I take whoever who knows, maybe Maybe, you know, they take Kyle Pitts even at 11, which I really wouldn't love, but, you know, everyone says he's this freak athlete, which he did run, I think, a 4-4 or 4-3 at his pro day, but he, it didn't look 4-3, 4-4. It looked weird. But it's I, – I think offensive line-wise, they're pretty much handcuffed. All right, so, t- Tommy, just real quick, uh, not to correct you, but – the Giants do have a third round. They don't have a fifth round pick. I thought, or no, is it? What one did they trade to the Jets? Last year's third round draft pick. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. My fault. No problem. No problem. But no, I think you're right. I think that signing, and listen, it's only a two year deal, but I think drafting Pitts at this point, unless you're going to get rid of Ingram, I think is a little abundant, a redundant type of draft pick just because of how many tight ends you have. So I think that Pitts is only an option if they decide to get rid of Ingram. Listen, I would not have any problem either side, offensive line or defensive line at number 11. You know more than me at this point with draft guys with the top names, honestly, because I really don't get too in-depth when it comes to college athletes just because I need to see it at the professional level whether that's an easy answer or not, or easy way out or not, but that's how I truly feel. Any other position, again, with the Jackson signing, I wouldn't love a cornerback at number 11 either. I've heard some rumors about that. I really think that you got to get in the trenches on either side of the ball. Tommy, anything else? Well, not just right there. I, and we know how much Gettleman loves those hog mollies, so, you know. Yeah, well, he loves them so much, but he's got to hit more on, hit, hit on them more. I agree. Yeah. But, hey, listen, I, I will say this, and I, and then we can move on so that Max can get involved again. I don't have a problem with them spending so much money, right? All I know is now they got to go out and win. And I love how Joe Judge was a deciding factor. I mean, Rudolph came out today. He, had all, he was in talks with 12 or 13 teams, got off the phone with Coach Judge, knew, he want, knew New York was it. New New York was perfect for him. I mean, that's what you love to see. I love... I mean, when was the last time, seriously, that you saw players courting free agents like the Giants did? Logan Ryan flying up from Florida to meet with Adoree Jackson in um, in Jersey, right? Darnay Holmes oh, yeah. having a great relationship with him. Kyle Galladay. I mean, Daniel Jones. Getting, hearing great things from Daniel Jones. Like, it's almost exciting. I just really hope that the Mara family is patient with Joe Judge. Where, say, like, because let's be honest, this team is far from complete to being, like, you know, Super Bowl contender or, you know, anything like that. Like, 
can they win the East this year? Absolutely. I think they if if not just because I'm a fan, but like if I was a gambler and I had to pick a team to win the NFC East, I would probably pick the Giants. And I, the NFC East has a really tough schedule this year. They have to play the NFC South and the AFC West. Like they have a really tough go at it this year. But I think just the culture that Joe Judge has created there, I I really hope he stays and gets the opportunity to stay and keep building up what he started. And it's not just a, oh, this didn't work in two years. Oh, this sucks. Sorry. Good luck. Somewhere else. We're going to get somebody else in here. Last thing for me, and I, and I agree with you, Max, uh, with, uh, with you, Tommy, I I think that this is a do-or-die year for Gettleman. And I know general managers like to pick their coach, their their guy. Here's the thing. I've loved everything about Joe Judge since joining the Giants. And I think that he's the man that can turn around the Giants organization. Gettleman has a lot more at stake to me this year than Joe Judge Judge does. I've said this for like ever – or not forever, but like for a while where, especially in the NFL, if you're going to clean house or whatever, you, you got it. The coach and the GMR package deal. If you're firing one, you got to fire both. I know. I the agree with that. The way they work together and need to work together, like that needs to be done. And I said that to Max when last year when McCagney got fired after he spent all that money in free agency and Gase got to stay and then be the interim GM. Oh, that, that move made absolutely zero sense to me. You got to clean everything out together and just sometimes like, like honestly what the Cardinals did, you, you took a, a new rookie head coach, defensive coordinator from the Titans and you drafted Josh Rosen. It didn't work out. You cut your losses. Everyone goes together and we're going to start fresh. I don't like teams that try and like piece and put stuff together and like try and rebuild along the way. I agree complete you, uh, completely with you, Tommy, except I... No, not except. I'll, I'll I'll give you an example. I was pissed when the Giants let go of Tom Coughlin and decided to keep Jerry Reese. And then that following offseason, Jerry Reese spent the most money in the offseason that he had in the past couple of years. And that just that really pissed me off because Jerry Reese was the reason why, really still to this reason why the Giants are so bad because of how poorly he did, not only in the draft, but free agency as well. But, all right, I think that we should move on. Tommy, any closing points? No, I I, I want to hear what Max thinks that the Jets need to do. Yeah, well, so quickly, some other moves that got done this past week. Mitch Trubisky, he signed with the Bills. Deshaun Jackson left Philadelphia and went to the L.A. Chargers. Kyle Fuller, released by the Bears, immediately signed. Rams you went to. Oh, Rams. Sorry. Yes, you're right. The Sean Jackson went to the L.A. Rams. Sorry, two L.A. teams. Easy to get confused. Same color scheme, too, but anyway. Kyle Fuller was released by the Bears. He was immediately signed to a one-year deal with the Broncos. But, Max, let's talk about your New York Jets. So, new Jets receiver, Corey Davis, commented on the current quarterback situation with New York and... He said, and I quote, obviously I'm coming in, I'm coming with my understanding that Sam is the guy. The wide receiver said in a Zoom call with reporters, 
that doesn't scare me away at all. I've seen Sam do great things, and I have all the belief in him. Whatever direction they decide to go, it's on me to make sure that I'm ready. Max, seriously, first off, do you have a problem with his comments? And two, do you believe him? Uh, no, I don't have a problem with him. I'm saying, uh, I don't know if I believe him because I don't really know what the Jets are doing at quarterback. So I, you know, he just got signed. He's shown face to a, a new teammate. Are you supposed to the quarterback? You want to have uh, you know, in in your corner. Uh, but when it comes to believe to, if I believe him, I don't know because I don't know what the Jets are really doing at quarterback. So I guess we gotta wait and see. Yeah, I, uh, Tommy, I'll, I'll let you go first. Do you believe Davis that he truly thinks Darnold is the guy? Yeah, because, I, I mean, you would think that's a that's a pretty big conversation you have, like in the interview process before you get offered or sign the contract. Is like, hey, who's gonna be throwing me the football? This is where I make my money, and I need to know where it's coming from. And if it's a rookie, cool, you know, I'll be here for that. But I would like to know. Indefinitely, and I don't think he makes those comments unless someone tells him no. Like we're we're riding with Sam Darnold this year. Like they're not going to tell him that and then be like, "Oh no, we're drafting a quarterback." They might say in the interview, "Hey, yeah, we're, we're going to probably take a quarterback at two, but that's this needs to be quiet." You know what I mean? They're not going to. I feel like that has to come up in the conversation. And in all honesty, I've been saying this. I think the Jets should just ride it out with Darnold. I don't. Mel Kuyper said it yesterday on ESPN, not that, you know, whatever, say what you want to think about what Mel Kuyper and his draft picks is. If, if Sam Darnold was in this draft, he's getting taken second overall behind Trevor Lawrence. So you going out and getting Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, whoever your guy is, because at the end of the day, the Jets, the Jets get to take their guy at two. Their guy is probably Lawrence, but that's everybody – Anybody in the league, with the exception of, you know, probably, I don't even know, besides the Chiefs, if they have the number one overall pick, they're taking Trevor Lawrence. And they're going to adjust their franchises accordingly, with the exception of the Chiefs. But I, they get to do whatever they wanted to. Personally, I think the Jets should trade out it to, get assets, move back, and then take whatever they want. But as like a Giants fan, Victor, I want every single team in that top 10 to take a quarterback. So when it gets to us at 11, we get our pick of the litter, any skill position we want. But, you know, that's not the world we live in. No, I know. But the just to... – I, I, I think the Jets would be making a, a mistake taking a quarterback at two. So do I. So do I. And I think that – and again, you can make the argument. Now, listen, Joe Douglas didn't select Sam Darnold. Joe Doug, um, Rob Sala was – not the head coach when the Jets selected Sam Darnold. So if you want to start completely new, right? I I get I understand that to a point, right? But like you said, Tommy, like what Mel Kuyper said, are any rookies going to be better than Sam Darnold heading into was it year year four, right? No, no, they won't. No, so and and look at the talent that has been around Sam Darnold. I've said it countless times, not to sound like a broken record. You could make the argument from when Sam Darnold entered the league, the talent around him has regressed over the last three years. Terrible offensive weapons, terrible offensive line, terrible head coach calling the plays. It just it doesn't make sense to me to take a quarterback when you haven't provided this man with anything to work with. 
And again, I know that I, I, I'm not saying that it's completely not Darnold's fault, but I mean, seriously, he, he's had such, it's been so hard for him with what they've given him to work with that. How, how could you expect success from him? They just have been one of the worst teams in the league. Some of the worst rosters in the league. I just don't see how it's his fault. I think that You've made some moves to make his life a little easier. You signed a wide receiver in Corey Davis. Let's see how he does. I, I don't think that he's number one. I don't. I didn't love that signing and that signing alone, but let's see what happens in the draft too. I agree with you, Tommy. They should trade down, get more assets, and uh, draft a skill position, a defensive side of the ball, anything. But I do not see the sense in starting over at the quarterback position. I don't. I don't. And and really, Max, I'll, I'll bring you in on this. I don't see a market for Sam Darnold anymore. I mean, you think about it. First off, the Bears being the Bears, signing Andy Dalton to a one-year $10 million contract. The 49ers, you think that they really consider Sam Darnold that much of an upgrade over Garoppolo? I really think that if the 49ers had an opportunity to upgrade the quarterback position, they would, but I don't think Sam Darnold does it for them. The Colts just uh, just traded for Carson Wentz. The only team I really see possibly making a move is the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, to me, that Darnold's on the team is that this is that either he is the week one starter, or um, they really don't know what to do at two about the other quarterbacks. Yeah, and the thing I always say about quarterbacks, especially being drafted, is that those GMs love the rookie contracts, especially on quarterbacks. That is a good point. That it, you have so said that, that in the that's past. That's one thing. Yes, and you know that's what I could see them possibly maybe thinking like, oh, but like you said, you know this Darnold market. You know, I was saying, oh, they could get a you know second round pick for him. Well, what what team is really out there that you give a second round pick for him? So I, I don't know what the really the market is for him. Yeah. So they're they're in a they're in a kind of a odd position, but they're the Jets, you know. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. Uh, but uh, we'll see, we'll see. I'm I'm very excited for the draft. And anything else you wanted to touch upon this topic before we head into the final uh, final talking point? Yeah, uh, Joe Douglas. I don't know if you watched the Jets this year, but um, since Adam Gase is on the team, they've had no tight end production. And uh, we have terrible corners, and you haven't done anything, so good job. They signed Tyler Croft. That's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, actually, Max, no one of us, as I almost texted you today, but then when I knew I was going to be on, uh, Casey Hayward's still out there. I know. That is nuts. And I, I actually want the Giants to go after him. I know. Me too. Oh, Richard Richard Seymour, uh, Seymour is too. Not Richard Seymour. Uh, oh, Richard uh, Sherman. Richard Sherman. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think Casey Hayward at this point is better than Sherman. Yeah, no, I agree. He, 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 know, he knows he knows the uh, the, the defense. <laughs> like nobody else knows it. Um, yeah, with Drew Asala, maybe. What if he take? What if he takes a team friendly deal? I mean, yeah, I'd be open to it. I guess, but I, I don't know. I just can I just say uh, that I uh, am a little surprised with. And again, I'm not saying that they didn't improve, and I'm not saying that spending. I mean, we talked about Max the last. Uh, five teams to spend the most guaranteed money 
what was it, two, three of them made the playoffs and lost in the first round while the other two missed the playoffs, right? For how much money they had in cap, I am surprised with what they came away with. Like, I, I liked Carl Larson signing. I liked, I didn't love the Davis signing because I don't think he's a number one. I think that he's a better number two, right? And I know they signed Vinny Curry and Tevin Coleman today. But, like, they didn't touch the offensive line. Like nope. you said, no cornerbacks when there were a couple guys on the market. I don't know. I just feel like they could have done more. Now, again, the draft, they have plenty of picks. Maybe they want to go the young route. I respect that. They just better hope that they pick the right guys. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad that they didn't spend all their money because that's one of the worst things you can do. No, I agree. Spend all agree. The money you have. Agreed. But I would just like to see them, I don't know, get, get one guy at least that I, I talked about or a position need. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. But, uh, all right. And finally, finally, and um, I don't want to make anyone think uh, that we're making light of the situation, but I felt that we had to bring it up, and that's the current Deshaun situation, Deshaun Watson situation. So, with the number of lawsuits against Deshaun Watson reaching 16 on Tuesday, the quarterback's lawyer, Rusty Harden, said in a statement that his law firm has, quote, strong evidence, end quote, showing that one of the lawsuits alleging sexual assault is false and that it calls, quote, and that it, quote, calls into question that the legitimacy of the other cases as well. Harden added that he believes, quote, any allegation that Deshaun forced the woman to commit a sexual act is completely false, end quote. Guys, I want to be very careful with this, right? It's a touchy subject, and I truly believe every woman making the accusations deserves to be heard. But I don't know about you guys, but I feel like every time I see an update with this story, it's just getting weirder and weirder. Tommy, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, yeah, like you said, it's kind of a, it is a very touchy subject, and I agree with you. Um, every person, woman, man, whatever happens in the situation needs to and should be heard. Um, I'm the type of person who I, I don't really kind of talk or comment on it until like after the process is over and then kind of like look back at it so I can hear all sides, both sides, every story. But you're right. Every, every day, you know, I literally every day I wake up and I get a bleacher report or ESPN notification with another allegation. And, uh, it's, it's definitely something interesting to monitor, especially with how he's been this whole past half year since the season's ended with wanting to get out of Houston. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough look for Watson and the organization, but I just, uh, uh, I hope it all just gets figured out in the right process. Yeah. I, I mean, l- like you said, Tommy, right. Uh, I'm, I really do believe in due process and uh, that's not saying that, uh, and I'm not saying that any of the women are lying or anything like that. I just think that, you know, everyone deserves their day in court. Right. I agree. 100%. But, but I am also, and I feel like this isn't too crazy to say, and I'm not alleging him of everything, of anything, right? One case comes out, I'm like, all right, you know, that's one. Two, I start to get a little suspicious. Three, even more. Sixteen? Yeah, that's a very high number. 
I mean, again, and, and listen, I'm, I'll be, I'll, I'll even take it a step further. I don't know. I first off, I will never be in my. If it's in my power, I would never be in a situation like this. I don't know how you come out in the right way because, in my opinion, he came out strong by saying, you know, these acts did not occur. I. <laughs> I will do anything to clear my name. And, you know, again, I'm not saying that there's a right situation in going about this. But I think that the biggest thing is proving your innocence. But 16 cases, Max, do, do you have anything on this? Uh, I mean, I think it's definitely weird. And, uh, you know, everyone deserves a voice to have, like kind of what Tommy said. Um, yeah, until everything is like official i don't really feel comfortable commenting on anything yeah no problem you don't know yeah and uh yeah it's just one of those situations where it's just truly really not gonna look for anybody and i just hope that everything gets resolved sooner or later yeah and finally uh, again i don't want to dive too deep into this because we still have to see how it plays out i mean if these cases are true so disappointing because yeah. Deshaun Watts, I again, I I feel like every time I see a new case, whether it's sexual assault, a domestic violence, or any other wrongdoing, I mean, even with what happened with Aaron Hernandez, you just you stop yourself and you say, "Wow, you really don't know anyone nowadays." And and I'm not saying that know them on the personal basis, but you just hear about their character or you hear about them as a teammate you hear about them as a person from what you see on the news from post-game press conferences press conferences right and then stuff like this comes out and again we'll see how it plays out but if it is true just very disappointing very disappointing but anyway sorry to end the show on a little somber note but tommy thank you very much for joining me if everything goes well we will be having you back next week and Tommy, me and you get to talk some baseball because baseball gets started next week. Opening day next Thursday for my Mets against the Nationals. The Yankees got who, Tommy? Uh, I actually forget. They they just announced the starters too, but I'm I'm being a bad fan, but, you know. Yeah, wow, that is a bad fan. But, Max, I know you're super excited too. I know you're super excited too, Max. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll be ready for postseason. All right, you know, just you better you better fix your tune next week. That's all I'm saying, Max. Um, make sure to check out Maxwell on All You Can Heat fan side. Has some great articles out there. Max, do you want to share your social media? Yeah, you can follow me at uh, Max Marshall one three six. And Tommy, uh, Emani fourteen at Victor Pusteri on Twitter at Victor J. Pusteri on Instagram. On Twitter, follow us at Old School of Sport. Facebook, give us a like, Old School of Sport. Until next week, thank you for tuning in.